episode 23, Alexander the Great podcast. Today we're going to talk about Diogenes, a hell of a character. He was very interesting. Uh, if you'd write a review on iTunes and I read it at the end of the podcast, you are going to receive a gift from me all the way from Greece. Leave a comment, tell your friends about it, send me a donation through PayPal, there'll be a link in the description. And that's about it, let's get to the podcast. Last time we talked about the first council in Corinth and how it went down with Alexander as hegemond. While Alexander was in Corinth, people from all backgrounds came to say hello, philosophers, teachers, artists, politicians, and even high-class citizens of Corinth. He was happy to speak with everyone. Yes, it's me, I'm real. Someone who didn't show up was Diogenes, or Diogenes, as we say in Greek. Diogenes of Sinope, or Diogenes the Cynic, as he was also known. Diogenes was born in Sinope probably around 412. Plutarch says 399, who also adds that he was born the same day Socrates died. So you can take your pick. He died in 323. We learn this again from Plutarch. He tells us he died the same day Alexander did. Uh, Whichever date you choose to be the year he was born looks like he lived a long life. He may have written books, none have survived, which makes some believe he hasn't written anything. But we do have lots of little stories, most by Diogenes Laertius, Diogenes Laertius, I don't know how you say in English, who wrote in the 3rd century AD in his amazing work The Life of Philosophers, which starts from Thales and ends with Epicurus or Epicurus. Uh, Sinope is a coastal town on the shores of the Black Sea. He was kicked out of his town when news spread that he was adulterating the nation's currency, assisted by none other than his own father. They both ended up in prison. Apparently he escaped and his dad died while being incarcerated. Adulterating one's currency. Now, me having a simple mind, thought he was making his own counterfeit coins or something like that but no it's the falsification of coins to stop them from being used this part of the story is supported by archaeology a ton of defaced coins have been discovered at sinope uh, dating around the time diogenes and his dad were being little shitheads but pretty crazy right but uh, why would someone want to do that Of course, there are many theories, perhaps for political reasons, you know, wanting to overthrow the existing government, for ideological reasons, not wanting a government to exist, or for for personal reasons. You know, maybe they didn't like what the king looked like. You know, maybe his cock was a weird shape, you know, and they couldn't get used to it. No one really knows. Uh, We know they were caught. Diogenes Laertius, the historian, says, Paracharatin tonomisma which roughly translates to adulterating the currency, but can also mean radically changing laws, which, co- which goes nicely with other things Diogenes Laertius says about him. Check out page 10 of Diogenes' book on Diogenes. Some sources also say he went to the Oracle of Delphi, or Delphi and asked what's the best way to become famous. 
and Pythia said, forge the coins. And uh, But by the time Diogenes would be at Delphi, he was already banished from Sinope, so it sounds like fake news. Uh, he was famous for his atheism. He said, when I die, throw my body to the dogs. This shows us that he was different from other Greeks. You know, perhaps you've heard of Antigone. Uh, you could say she went through a lot to bury her brother and Priam from the Iliad, Priamos. Uh, as we know, he entered the Greeks' camp to uh, get the body of his son, giving the poor lad Hector a proper burial so he can enter the underworld and his soul doesn't just wander around like a lost puppy. When the Athenians took the piss out of him for being kicked out of his own town. He replied, I condemned them to live there, also adding that it was exile that made him a philosopher. He was the first person to renounce his national identity. Every chance he had, he would say, I am a citizen of the world. So it's from Diogenes we get the term cosmopolitan, Cosmos meaning um, meaning world, of course, and politis meaning citizen. Cosmopolitis would say he would say in Greek. He was very witty and quick. He ha- he was a comeback king. You know, um, one would say something, and he would answer within fractions of a second with something that had multiple meanings and always making the opposition look like fools. Let's take a few steps back. So he left Sinope and went to Athens. He had a slave with him, Mani, and the moment he entered Athens, Mani ditched his old boss. Diogenes doesn't care, he said. If Mani can live without Diogenes, Diogenes can live without Mani. While he was in Athens, he met Antisthenes, or Adisthenes, and um, if we believe Eugenius Laertius, he stuck on him like stink on shit, right? Adisthenes never wanted a disciple. Once he lifted his cane as if he was uh, ready to strike him, and Diogenes simply bowed his head and said, Hit me. You will never find wood strong enough to push me away from you as long as I feel you have something important to say. And then Antisthenes was like, All right, so I have one disciple, big deal. There are those that say these two never met in real life and Diogenes simply embraced Antisthenes' philosophy. But it's a nice little story and you don't have to keep it in the podcast. A good question would be, who was Antisthenes and why would anyone take a hit from the, you know, on his head by a wooden crane by him? Uh, Antisthenes started his, philosoph- his philosophical career studying under Gorgias, a sophist. A sophist, just in case you forgot, was someone that studied the art of trying to persuade others. But when he heard of Socrates, he burnt any books he had written on the subject and decided to follow him. He was with Socrates until the end of his days. He founded his very own philosophical school at Kinosaryes, a part of ancient Athens which was slightly out of its walls. To begin with, the school was called Adistheniki, and then later named Kiniki, which is where, we're, where the English uh, translates uh, to cynics. So it seems they were named cynics due to their location. Others are saying they were named that way due to how they lived, which resembled a dog-like living, Kion in ancient Greek, therefore Kiniki, and uh, cynics, you know, you know how it goes. And, uh, and of course, a dog-like living is just 
eating as simple as possible, right? Eating, pooing, or pooping, how would you say, and sleeping. Uh, Diogenes lived in a clay jar, a massive one, and uh, not the ones we put jam in. And he got the idea when he was observing a snail. He liked how the little creature took his house everywhere with him. So he thought, hey, why, do I, why I don't live like that? You know, that, that looks like fun. Uh, Antisthenes renounced every luxury. He was mostly into practicing ethics, not just studying it theoretically. He saw ethics as a practical subject without needing knowledge. Antisthenes did not agree with how Plato represented Socrates, and he was quite happy to tell people. Uh, in his work Sathonas, we assume he talks uh, he he's, <laughs> he talks down he talks shit basically about Plato. We don't have the actual text to study it, but if we see what the word Sathonas means in ancient Greek, uh, we can guess what it was probably about. Sathonas in ancient Greece was a very feminine man. So uh, he who was um, who had the receivers part of a male homosexual relationship, and Plato was a raging homosexual. Read the symposium and Phaedrus if you want to know more. Gay and extremely right wing. So <laughs> we would say today, you know, read his Republic. It's a bit of a more difficult read if you want to know more about it, though. Took me a few months to finish, but anyway, the symposium can be done in a week, and that's a very you know, it's a very nice little book. I would start with that. Contrary to Plato and his world of forms, Antisthenes accepts only the world we can grab with our hands. So the real world, known as esthesiokratiki didaskalia. So it, it would say in Greek and English it would be the ruling of the senses or sensationalist teaching. He who represents the cynical philosophical movement in ancient times as well as ours is the lad we're talking about today. Diogenes of Sinope. According to Epictetus, uh, Diogenes had said that from the moment Antisthenes freed him, he stopped being a slave. From Antisthenes, he learned what was truly his and what wasn't. His friends, his properties, his possessions are not really his. What's truly his own is how he reacts to those things. So if someone breaks your bike and you go around crying like a hungry whore, in reality, the bike owns you because the bike is controlling your emotions. Is anyone else getting Tyler Durden vibes, you know, from Fight Club? Uh, if your friend is calling you an idiot because he doesn't agree with what you're saying, and again, you're crying about it, and Tissonis would tell you, you are nothing but his slave, seeing that you have allowed someone to influence you. The cynic's greatest power was how they reacted to external factors and how they took others' opinion of them. This sounds a lot like Stoicism, which was birthed from the uh, cynical philosophy, from cynical philosophy, something I will have to talk about in, the, in future episodes, Stoic philosophy, um, it uh, interests me greatly. Seneca had said about Diogenes that he lived in a way that doesn't allow anyone to steal from him. So Diogenes was a Stoic philosopher before Stoic philosophy was created, at some point he was arrested while traveling to Aegina. He was arrested by some pirates led by a man called Skirpalos. Uh, Skirpalos thought he looked yummy and decided to take him to Crete and sell him at the slave market. A man called Xeniavis takes one look at the Ogenes and asks the slave trader, what does this weirdo 
know what to do. The slave trader turns to Diogenes and tells him, this man is interested in buying you. You know, what do you know how to do? Anthropon archin, says Diogenes, which can mean I lead people, but can also mean I teach people principles. Xeniadis liked what Diogenes said and decided to hire him as a tutor for his children, which also took a liking to Diogenes, even copied his whole fuck you to society attitude. He had a kind of diversity which was insulting in many ways. For example, he had no problem having a wank in the in town in the town center, in front of everyone. And when someone said something about it, he replied, "If only I could rub my belly to get rid of my hunger." Fuck <laughs> you know. A nice little lesson for men today, right? Go out and jerk it in public. I'm sure nothing can go wrong. Uh, please don't do that. Uh, Aristotle's favorite hero. Oedipus, Oedipodas, uh, in Greek. For Diogenes, he was simply an idiot, you know. So what they fucked his mother. Instead of taking his eyes out, he should have legalized incest in Thebes. One man called Kratis was a student of Diogenes. He had a girlfriend called Iparchia. And those who would often get busy in public, not the public invasion kind of thing. You know, I'll give you 2,000 check crown. <laughs> not that. They, were doing, they weren't doing it for the money. They were doing it to make a statement. Kratis was Zenon's teacher, and Zenon started the very first school of Stoic philosophy. But fucking for Diogenes and the cynics was something to be done freely. No need to have inhibitions or be modest. Without, of course, going over the edge, you don't want to be a slave to the pussy. As I think I've also said, we have a word for this in Greek. We say monodolos. Uh, <laughs> we have a word for selling entire population to slavery. Exandrapodismos, as I've said before. We have a word for everything. Fucking hell. For the cynics, it's all about freedom. There's a nice little story about Diogenes and Laida. Laida, or Lais, as uh, she was also known, was the highest paid escort of her time. Her price in today's money would be 2,000 euros, so roughly $2,000. And like all good quality prostitutes, she lived in Corinth. Stravo uh, famously said about Corinth, Upandos plin is Corinthon, meaning not everyone can live in Corinth. Perhaps he wasn't thinking about the prostitutes when he said that, but generally it was uh, what the city was known for. It was being an, ex- being an expensive place, right? Demosthenes, our friend and orator, saw her, had a bit of a moment, and thought he would love to get with her. But when later he found out how much she asked for, he said, Uk onume mirion drachmon metamelian. Meaning, I wouldn't give that much for something that I uh, know I am going to later regret. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a stingy cunt, right? The Persians have sent him a fucking fortune. Anyway, Diogenes would tease Lais. Uh, probably something along the lines of, you know, sucked many dicks today, love. Or, you know, yeah, good for you. Has that OnlyFans page going? I'm sure you're going to be very proud of that as you get older. Uh, eventually, she grew tired of him and decided to pull a prank on our lovely philosopher. She grabs him. She says to him, you know what, you stinky fucker? I kind of like you. I know you don't have any money, so I'm going to give you a free night with me. It's your lucky day. Fuck yeah, thinks Diogenes. You know, it's not like she asked to get married, which is something as a cynic he was definitely against, as well as having a family and other boring things. 
Soleil says, you know, come and meet me there at that specific time. She made sure the meetup was in the night because she put one of her old whore friends who was past her glory days to meet up with Diogenes. So an older woman who uh, probably didn't have anything better to do that night. Diogenes was true to his word. He went to the spot, had his dose of loving and went on about his day. The next day, Diogenes goes to the Agora, the local market, and everyone starts laughing at him. <laughs> and Diogenes then turns to the crowd. Uh, you know, Lais has obviously told everyone how she tricked him and everything, and he probably find out. And then he turns to the crowd and says, Lichnu zvesthedos pasagini Lais. Meaning, in the darkness, all women are like Lais. Uh, and uh, Lais liked his reply and decided to truly give herself apparently to Diogenes completely on the house what a lovely girl it's a shame we don't have Diogenes' comment after shagging the right Lais right are all women the same in the dark fuck knows um, Diogenes of course had no money to give life was hard for Diogenes his first few years in exile and Athens must have been hard for him away from all his friends and family. There are stories from Diogenes Laertios that ideas would come to him while observing a mouse searching for shelter. Imagine the boredom, right? Or how much life sucks that staring at mice is a form of entertainment. The Athenians had an argumentative reputation. They were kind of weird, you know, would often force someone into exile like Aristotle or enforce the death penalty on someone like Socrates. But Diogenes, who without a doubt was always bugging them about something, seems to get special treatment. They love the guy, you know. When a young uh, piece of shit person broke the jar he lived in, a number of Athenians worked together to bring him a brand new jar. And the young guy even got a beating, so it sounds like a typical Disney happy ending, you know. Someone could say, you know, okay, how do you know he pissed off the Athenians? But he was known for being a great shit talker. Uh, and he would do it for everything, right? Nothing was off limits, including their morals and their customs. One time he was talking about something serious, but no one was paying any attention, so he started tweeting like a bird. <laughs> Then some Athenians came closer, and when they did, he started shouting at them, you know, saying, what the fuck, people, you listen to me when I'm talking nonsense, but ignore me when I'm talking about real subjects. Uh, he would go around the market midday with a lamp because he was looking for a person. <laughs> If someone said that to my face, it would be kind of hard to not be at least slightly offended, right? Well, I guess I'm a piece of shit then, right? I'm not a, I'm not a real human being for you. And probably my favorite story, there was once a group of friends having drinks and eating and everything, and they see Diogenes and think to themselves, let's try and get him angry and see what he does, you know. So they start throwing bones at him and going, yeah, 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 good boy, you know. And Diogenes gets closer, he eats whatever he can off the bones, and then he lifts his leg and pisses right on them. So if someone is treating you like a dog, you know, you should act like a dog. <laughs> According, uh, and uh, there's another story, uh, someone invited him to their luxurious home. Some big shot. Anyway, so they tell Diogenes, you know, watch your attitude a little bit, try and pack it in. And then uh, when later he had a cough and he wanted to spit out the phlegm, 
So he decided to spit the host in the face. <laughs> and his justification was, I couldn't see a worse place to spit. <laughs> when news arrived that the Macedonians were, ye- were near, this was Philip, not Alexander, there was a small panic in Corinth. Everyone started packing their stuff and they were getting ready for the worse. Diogenes looks at uh, everyone losing their shit and starts pushing his jar back and forth. <laughs> and someone eventually uh, asked him, you know, bro, what are you doing? And he answers, bro, I'm just moving my jar. You know, I don't want it to seem like I'm not doing anything. <laughs> and I've mentioned that the cynics and Plato had beef. Diogenes would always pounce on the opportunity to make Plato look like a fool. Plato recognized that Diogenes continued Socrates' philosophy, but they were on the extreme end of the spectrum. He characterized Diogenes as a menomeno Socrates, so uh, a manic Socrates. Diogenes heard that Plato was giving his definition of a human, and everyone loved his idea, so he thought that he should get there and see what all the fuss is about. Plato said, man is a bipedal animal without wings. Whoa, you know, all the Greeks were fucking, oh my God, was this magnificent person laid upon us? Diogenes hears this, so he grabs a chicken, plucks it, and throws it in the crowd, and he says, behold a man, according to Plato. <laughs> Plato then tried to save it by adding, it should be plationichos, meaning wide nails. Now, plationichos sounds a lot like Plato, Platonus, so I doubt it was by chance chosen. But someone should have told Diogenes, Yeah, bro, but that's not the natural state of a chicken. But anyway, there are many other stories about Diogenes. I highly recommend anyone interested to read the Diogenes Laertius book about Diogenes. It's cheap and an amazing read. So knowing all this, while Alexander was in Corinth, he asked to be taken to Diogenes the Cynic. Our oldest surviving source of this encounter is Cicero. He mentions it in a rhetoric lesson. There are many stories about what was said when the two first met. One of them says Diogenes was searching for something in a pile of bones. And Alexander shows up. He says, what are you doing there? And Diogenes says, I'm looking through the bones, hoping to find your father. But I can't see a difference. Damn. (laughs) Fucking hell. Another says that Alexander stood in front of Diogenes and said... I am Alexander, a great king. And Diogenes answered, I am Diogenes, the dog. <laughs> Alexander says, are you afraid of me? Why would I be afraid of you? Are you good or bad? Alexander froze for a bit. You know, you can't be a king and say you're bad. So he says, I'm good. And Diogenes answered, who then would be afraid of something good? A small side note, there is no chance Alexander would ever say, I'm a great king, simply because he wasn't yet. The only kings that were named great at that time were Persian kings. So Cyrus, Xerxes, Darius and all them lot. On with our story. What do you want from me? Says Alexander. Aposkotison me, answers Diogenes. This strictly translates to take me out of the darkness. But it can have many meanings. Either save me, Alexander, from the darkness, which doesn't sound like something Diogenes would say. Or... You are hiding my son, which most people agree with. Now, you need big balls to say something like this to Alexander, right? He may not be the great Alexander we know today and conquered, you know, Asia and all that part, but he was still a king 
of Macedonia and hegemon of the League of Corinth. He could easily have ordered someone to just hang the bastard and put him in the center of the market so everyone can know what will happen to them if they try to be smart with him. Instead, Alexander replied, if I wasn't Alexander, I would be Diogenes. Diogenes replied, if I wasn't Diogenes, I would also like to be Diogenes. <laughs> you know, but why would Alexander want to visit Diogenes? And why would he ask him if he wanted anything from him, you know? Does he see him living in poverty and thinks, you know, why not help him a little bit? Does he want to test his devotion to the philosophy of cynicism? Does he want to control Diogenes by giving him something, having him in his debt? You know, might be helpful having Diogenes spread the word for you. Or does he truly admire the man? You know, it could be a mixture of everything, of course. Let's go and tease Diogenes, see how much of a cynic he truly is. But we can also help him out a little, you know, make him our friend. Who knows if we're ever going to see him again, off to Persia soon. Got some conquering to do. I like to think that he simply admired the guy. And even though Diogenes came out on top, right, Alexander's one and only loss was his dialogue with Diogenes. The winner of this conversation was Diogenes and his philosophy. You know, because you have a king who has it all, charms, looks, you know, an army, Hephaestion, etc., etc. And on the other hand, you have Diogenes with his Kazantzikian way of living. Kazantzikis is a Greek author. He came up with a nice quote, I hope for nothing, I am afraid of nothing, I am free. It seems that Diogenes really despised Alexander, though, because literally, bro, the best thing you can do for me is just leave me the fuck alone. You know, get out of, get out of the sun, just fuck off. <laughs> we see, uh, we saw a bit about how Diogenes lived, let's see how he died. Quite a few interesting stories here. The dumbest of all is that Diogenes held his breath, you know, he got tired of living and died. Now, even if someone tried this, you would simply pass out and wake up a few seconds later. If you've ever watched a jiu-jitsu grappling match or an MMA match, if someone doesn't tap and the guillotine or guillotine, sorry, or the triangle is locked up, you know, you just turn off, you take a little nap. Um, some say he got cholera when eating raw octopus. Others that he tried sharing octopus with his dogs, one turned around and bit him, infecting him and killing him as a result. Most likely, the guy lived a long life, he was close to 90, he didn't have a house, you know, was out all day, and when they saw him dead, decided to add some drama and say, yeah, let's tell people he held his breath because he was sick of us. And that's it for Diogenes. Personally... When I first heard about him, I got really excited. I wanted to learn everything about the man and the philosophy of cynicism. But after a while, it gets tiresome, right? You have the idea, you see the idea of cynicism that it contradicts each other, like the ideas contradict each other. You're not really that free if you're living off people like a parasite. Diogenes, as I said, was characterized by Plato as a manic Socrates, not Socrates. Socrates didn't work. His friends gave him generous donations. Diogenes didn't have any friends. Uh, he was so far off that people who could help him didn't like him. And those who did ended up becoming his students, meaning they were producing fuck all and living as well out of handouts. So he was a beggar, not because that was all he could do, but a beggar because he liked the lifestyle. 
his philosophy, his ideas, his demon, as Socrates would say, force him into this way of living. That sounds to me like a stupid idea. You know, if we all lived like Diogenes, we believe in nothing, we make nothing, we're going to become nothing, right? If you're listening to me right now, you know, talking shit, talking about philosophy, we're doing this thanks to the cooperation of countless people. You know, if you're a cynic, you know, fuck it, don't do anything. Let's just go in the town center. We can wank whenever we want, we can fuck whenever we want, and when we don't have any food, we just beg for it. <laughs> but, you know, Diogenes is a sick guy, hell of a character, don't get me wrong. Just the fact that Alexander wanted to talk to him makes him an interesting person and someone I, of course, had to talk about.